0: Hi everyone, I'm Christina. Thank you so much for listening in. This episode, we have Tara come back and join us, and we are talking about Step 7 from the Recovery Program. And we work our steps through a workbook called A Woman's Way Through the 12th Step, but you can work it through whatever capacity you want to. I'm going to read you the step out of the GA Yellow Book because it's in front of me. Let's see. Step 7, Humbly Ask God of Our Understanding to Remove Our Shortcomings. And I think a lot of people get really offended by the word shortcomings or character defects or character flaws. Um, I, you know, it does, the terms don't really bother me so much because the way I look at it is I, I have a lot of things that I could work on and I don't care what I call it. Um, I call it like maybe an attitude problem on some things because like road rage shows up for me a lot, you know, and, and that's. That's something that I am actively working on. Um, I know everybody's shocked. I'm the most laid back person you will ever meet, unless you don't know how to use your blinker. Then, then this person comes out of nowhere and uh, gets gets visibly agitated. So, that is something I am working on. I don't know where that stems from. Uh, my twin sister, who is the polar opposite of me, is the same way though. Uh, but yeah, so. You know, whatever whatever things that you that you know, it could be just easily getting easily irritated at the supermarket, or it could be the big ones like codependency and people pleasing, which really show up for me too. And I've been actively act. Please don't step on the keyboard. I've been actively working on um to just just to add peace and serenity back into my life for anything. You know, um. And I think by being able to work through these these triggers, these emotions, um, shortcomings, character flaws, it just makes dealing with people easier in a lot of cases, uh, especially for somebody like me who's just uh, very introverted. And when I when I work through these shortcomings or or these these things, I find I'm finding a lot of patience and serenity, and it just helps me move through situations a lot easier. I'm a lot less stressed. And so that's that's kind of the importance of this step, I think, is just kind of really understanding, you know, those little things that are, that are hanging us up and um, finding the best way to, to have them removed or to work through them or to understand them better. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode uh, with my good friend Tara. You can find the link to her podcast, Ambitious Addicts, Beyond the 12th Step, in the show notes. I also want to give my shout out to Gamban. Uh, if you are somebody that's struggling with online gambling, go to gamban.com, download that blocking software, give yourself a chance to really start a road of recovery by having those sites blocked. Yeah, you got to stop that bleeding to start the healing. So let's roll on into this episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Christina, host of the Broke Girl Society podcast. And I'm Tara, host of the Ambitious Addicts Podcast, and today we are talking Step 7. It's been a while since we recorded some step work together. It has been, and I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be talking about Step 7 with you. Me too. So
1: Christina is working on her recovery from compulsive gambling, and I am... I have some experience I could speak to from that perspective too, but I am actively working 12 steps for my codependency right now.
0: Yeah. And we really like working them through this workbook and it is called in case you haven't, you're just joining us for this episode, a woman's way through the 12 steps. And there is a book and a workbook and we are doing this. I am doing this through the workbook. I believe Terry, you are working through the book. As well i'm right?
1: doing both um read i read the book
0: and i do or choose not to do
1: the exercises in the workbook accordingly yeah.
0: and we're gonna yeah. have a conversation about these exercises aren't we we are we are okay so, so let's th-
1: tell everybody what step seven
0: is i was just fixing to say those exact words um yeah step seven is humbly ask him, I guess, or a higher power of your choosing to remove our shortcomings is how it's stated in the book.
1: Yeah. And I think some programs will say, humbly ask God of our understanding to remove our shortcomings.
0: Yeah. Same thing. Different. Yeah. And so this one is what, how do you see step seven? Like humbly ask to remove our shortcomings. Like how do you prep for a step like this? well by doing step 6 <laughs> and step 5 and step 4 <laughs> that all gets you to this point is
1: yeah um you know i see this as just asking for help i mean boiled down to the the core tenant of the step it's it's asking for help and that in and of itself is being humble um particularly in my codependency, I would say that that's something, you know, I try to pretend I could just do everything myself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. My fierce independence is actually a codependent pattern.
0: What Mm -hmm. is going on with that cat back there? Yeah. Well, she's having some real emotions tonight and I'm helping her work through them. And so I told her she could set in on this okay and see if if there's any aspect of this step that could help her <laughs> work through them and I know like if you're listening on the podcast you can't see her but she's literally staring at the wall i think like her head is like <laughs> like, like she's got her head buried in the wall and we've been having a conversation the-
1: I love it that she's right by the butterfly because, you know, butterflies, growth, like she's in it. She's in this step. She's thinking about growth with us.
0: Yeah. But she's also giving me like the side eye. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So I want to read this, just this first intro in this workbook, because it, it kind of really explains the, the meat of step seven is step seven helps us learn about the concepts of re- relinquishment and humility it's important to understand that the humility of step seven is not humiliation. And I think a lot of people do kind of struggle with like those um, shortcomings or the things that we struggle with. It, It does sometimes feel like shame or humiliation that we can't let certain things go, or we, you know, struggled with certain repeated patterns. And so I think it's, I like the idea of of thinking it more of like, like just humbly, you know, let's humbly address these things that are causing stress and chaos to our life.
1: Yeah. And like, just admitting like, Hey, this is a thing that I'm not pleased with about my current state and I want to change it
0: and I need help. And just recognizing that we're not going to be perfect at everything. And I think that that's an aspect here. You know, like recognizing when we, there are some things that we just are not capable of processing or doing or, you know, and I think that's kind of an important part of this step. At least it has been for me as I've worked through it. Yeah, for me too. I would say
1: also that self-acceptance and self-compassion and the patience with ourselves as we as we work to create change, as you know, like change is one of the topics I, I have a course around for my students, like navigating change is a huge part of our recovery. And not only have we worked to create some level of abstinence, I mean, most people, by the time they're actively working, I'll say actively working step seven, as opposed to reading and seeking to understand it, but actively working this step in in our everyday lives. Most of us have achieved some form of abstinence, some length of abstinence before we get to this point. Not everybody, Um, but that we've made so many changes and our brains do not like change. we, We like the comfort of the old patterns. We like being able to do what we've always done. It's, you know we have to build new it's it's work for our brains to actually build new ways of
0: living each day and yeah. so yeah that's real I, that's a real hard work too in recovery right like um i think you know other people have said it better for most of us gambling isn't the hard part when i stepped into recovery like stepping away from gambling hasn't been the biggest struggle for me it's been the change and unlearning and relearning, you know, certain behaviors and habits and things like that. That's been the hard part. I think for me, uh, one of the hardest parts for me, um, I was talking to somebody earlier, uh, who I'm mentoring and, you know, there's, there's this phase of recovery that's like the valleys and the, the mountains oh, yeah. and the valleys of recovery. And I think by the time you, you get to step seven, you've had to have experienced like the valleys and, um, the valleys are the tough part, right? Those are the things that we, we struggle with. And I think when we're in those valleys, this is a really effective step on helping us get out of those valleys and like the BGS topic, uh, the, the broke girl society meeting topic last Sunday was letting go. And that's, that's also something that's very, very, um, Hard to do, and recognizing and how how many aspects you know, just letting go or or you know even those shortcomings that or those those things that we we struggle with, it's so hard to just let them go. And that's, we have
1: those patterns for a reason. Like right. there was some part of us that was benefiting from that pattern, <laughs> like. I, I had a hard time in early recovery, quitting gambling. Like I, I had to remove access to money. I had to tell, I had to tell on myself to everybody. And I had a lot of urges in the beginning. It was not easy for me to let go of gambling. And we talked, I think when we were talking about steps. Six, like, well, is gambling in and of itself a shortcoming or not? You know, right. or maybe that was pre-work that we did ahead of time where I was like, is gambling really a shortcoming though? And um I don't think I don't think gambling itself is. I think the way that I was gambling and all the things that I used gambling for, that was that reliance I had on gambling to fulfill all my emotional needs. Um that was That was the, the hardest part of like, well, why did I want to gamble? Why did I keep gambling? Why did I stay in this really harmful situation with myself? And there is the answer to some
0: of the shortcomings. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about like my notes here on some of my shortcomings, um, Especially, especially in the beginning, I can I can definitely see some differences, but you know, codependency, like, is huge. You know, and there's so many different layers of that, right? Yes. Codependency, the people pleasing specifically, that's something I still I still struggle with. And and I'm gonna give you a quick example. This past Saturday, I was um, tapped to do a study, a uh, gambling related study, um, for a researcher. And it's been on my, my calendar for a bit. And I woke up Saturday morning with a stomach flu. Okay. But I had such a hard time, like, and, and it was an early morning deal. So it's not like I had this big thing where I could just cancel it. And Mm -hmm. so I had this huge, like layer of guilt, like, um, you know, I've got to cancel this. I can't, I, you know, I'm like super, super sick. And, um, but one of like on the computer screen right yeah like I didn't want to be like oh excuse me and then you know off to the yeah. side like right right that's exactly what would have happened or worse or worse and we won't talk about that but um so I started I typed out this this thing and I felt so much guilt telling this guy like hey I'm gonna have to reschedule I'm I'm woke up because this is something I've like, my schedule is something that I have really focused on in recovery, and I'm very, like, strategic with it, and, you know, and especially things that I'm I'm so passionate about, like, doing this study, you know, and so I said it to him, he's like, hey, no worries, no worries, and then I popped on anyway. Like, because it was right. Like we're talking down to the countdown. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to just soldier through this. So I, so I pop up on there because I felt tremendous guilt for canceling within a 10 minute window. Right. So he, he gets on and we start, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just be honest with you. I am really sick, but I think I can soldier through this. Like, are we talking like 30 minutes? You know? And he's like, mm, we're like an hour. And I'm like, well, let's just see how far we can get, you know? And probably within 10 minutes, I was like, I started to answer a question and my nausea struck so hard. And I was like, put, put my finger up and I'm like, we're going to have to reschedule. <laughs> I was just like, but I'm just saying that's kind of, that's still something I'm struggling totally. with shortcoming wise. Like mm-hmm. I should have been okay to say, I'm sick. I can't do this. I apologize for the last minute and gone on about my day, but I was so just like, cut like this is that's just how my brain is at the moment like I couldn't there was so much guilt tied into that and that's the people pleasing or the codependency or whatever however that's showing up like I knew it wasn't right
1: yeah so I've I've done especially when I got puked
0: on on screen like is it
1: also a shortcoming of mine um to feel guilty certain canceling for sure feel guilty canceling anything and um I've gone a like a couple steps further with this because I'm focused on codespendency specifically and started to ask myself like, well, is that true all the time? And it's not. So there are certain situations and certain people and certain circumstances where I have that guilt or it's almost impulsive, impulsive people pleasing. Like I'll, I have an example too. I just did it yesterday. Client, as you know, I'm still trying to like shift out of and like honor my goals and honor my own dreams and like shift out of recruiting, which I know and I love. And I I can kind of do that work, obviously not in my sleep, but I know it very well, right? And um, and move all the way a hundred percent into coaching. And I mean, 445. Can you meet at five o'clock to talk about what's going on with this search? And I want to move that thing forward and I want to get it done. And like, this is a critical conversation in order to be able to set the people who are moving forward in the hiring process up for success. And I was like, yes, you know, yes. Like I didn't even stop and think like I've been in six hours of meetings already today. I had a lot of writing I did today. I didn't even stop and think about myself. For a second. And so um, when it comes to like work stuff, I can have this false sense of urgency that I create to, part of it is to please the other person and have them see me as somebody that gives really good service. And the other part of it is, I think this fear of the unknown in the other situation where I'm questioning my own worthiness. And so in, in work situations, it shows up and with certain people, it shows up, but there are other people in my life where I know without a doubt, they accept me fully as I am. And they know that I'm showing up 95% of the time and the 5% I don't, I really can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I need to get there. I need to get there. Like, because it's like, even like on our Monday night sessions, you know, I was just like, I seriously can't even hold the phone my head is pounding so bad. And it's like, I knew you got it. I knew you understood because I've shown up yeah, like every week yeah, unless no my guilt. health has gotten in the way. And it was like, because I knew, I knew you understood that and knew that I really would be sick yeah. to not show up. And yeah. so it's and like, like,
1: and like you, did you even for a second have any guilt about that with me?
0: No, no. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> so it's, yeah. isn't that
1: interesting?
0: And it was the same way with the BGS meeting that I had that I couldn't attend, you know? And it's just like, everybody stepped up and they're like, we've got this, you know, go rest and heal. But there's still just this overwhelming guilt. Like if I wasn't, if I wasn't a hundred percent sure I wouldn't pass out why sitting there in that chair, I'd be on that meeting, you know, but I'm a hundred percent sure I would pass out at some point. I've done
1: some crazy stuff like that myself. I'm there. I am using the word crazy that I'm always trying to, I'm trying to stop yeah. using that word so much. Um, like, Oh, maybe I should just dial in. But <laughs> like not show my camera. Yeah. I, and I like, I probably would fall asleep. I honestly you know? didn't even the think of that I as
0: an plan. option. Thank you. We oh, will do that next time. Now. No, you
1: won't. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, but those are the kinds of things that our yeah. codependency can like just completely neglect yourself in order to serve another person.
0: And that's so, something we really need to work on letting go of or mm-hmm. or asking to be removed. I am asking for that. Yes, me too. And same with control like same with control, like that, that is an ongoing issue with me, especially when it comes to what I do in my advocacy and stuff on the side. It's like, you know, here I am talking one minute, like, well, I hope that, you know, they can do this without me. And then the same moment I'm like, but I hope they do it this way, you know? And it's just like, and I know you're really quick to call me on it, but like, is that control a little bit? And I'm like, I, it absolutely is. And this is something that I hope will not, I mean, I hope that I will be able to, you know, let some of that go, but it's just, it's, it's a struggle for me right now, but it is definitely something I need to work on.
1: Yeah. I think, um, one of the other really fascinating things about this step for me has been when I ask God to remove a shortcoming, how many opportunities I get to practice the new way of living and how many times I fall off the bike <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and go, Oh, okay. I see it. Like you gave me an opportunity to say no to something and prioritize myself. And I didn't. And, and then I can go back and like be grateful, right? Like, okay, you gave me that shot. You gave me the shot to remove the shortcoming in this one situation and I didn't do it, but give me another shot. I'm still, you know, I'm still willing. Yeah. You keep Giving me the shots
0: and keep giving me the chances to work on it and to, to, and I think the, the more that we do work on it, we do see those missed opportunities. It's like the more awareness we, we curate and, you know, that we can really start, like, I don't know. I think it's just a way to like keep honing in on And I, that's how you do remove them, you know, is, is by just the, the added awareness each time.
1: Yeah. And then if we don't succeed, not coming back and using that as a weapon against ourselves, like, I'm never going to stop this. You know, I remember when I was early in my recovery and asking, asking to remove the shortcoming of anger. And anger is not a shortcoming, right? Um, so let me rephrase that. Anger itself is not a shortcoming, but like acting out of anger in a way that created harm to other people, right? Yeah. Yelling, screaming, whatever. And I, I so clearly remember being in traffic and like for a whole week straight. And I'm talking, you know, my big whopping three, four mile commute. Every day cut off some random person coming out of the you know coming out of a side street without even looking to see if traffic was there, like all these opportunities to practice patience to the best of my ability and not become angry at things that my are interesting. And and like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like, oh, you jerk, you know, like call them random strangers names and and then starting to come into this realization on Thursday, like, man, you've been pretty angry at cars this week. <laughs> and you have I like, I have, I have like a 10-minute commute, not even we're talking backroads, not highways. Like I have the easiest drive. And I spent those drives angry. I was given all these opportunities to not become angry. And I did. And so by about Thursday, I realized it. And by Friday, I was like, okay, if it happens today, I am going to wave and smile. And it happened. And I waved and smiled. And now I practice waving and smiling when drivers uh, do things that I, I don't agree with the way they're driving.
0: It's not the one finger wave, right? Like, that's no, not no, good. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's
1: a, definitely
0: it's, like, hey, hey okay, <laughs> go I, ahead. Well, I just added road rage to mine because, you know, like Monday through Friday, that's an issue that I hadn't even thought about. So, oh. uh, and I am bad with that one finger wave. <laughs> you do, you give people the bird. Oh my, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have always dealt with road rage. I don't know why. And when I say road rage, not the type that's going to chase anybody down, but it's definitely the one finger wave. Like you have a blinker for a reason. Come on people, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'll even like flick my blinker. Like this is how it works. (laughs) And I don't, I just, I'm just now recognizing that behavior. I mean, that's not true. I recognize it at the time. And I'm like, why is this bothering you? But then I'm like, well, because they don't know how to drive. That's why it's bothering me.
1: Yeah. They should just all know how to drive the way yeah. that I drive.
0: <laughs> right. Which isn't good either. And I don't know how many times I don't use my blinker and I don't know how many times people have given me the one finger wave. Like, and I would actually get offended if somebody honks their horn at me, you know, but it's, it's, it's very one-sided. Um, but yeah, the now when we go over here to rel- relinquish month and they have kind of this series of, um, exercises, I guess we mm-hmm. can say, and they talk a lot about a God box. Yeah. Let's talk about your feelings. On this you exercise. don't even know them. So you get to hear them fresh. Yes. Yes. I just, it's just not my jam. And I have heard the reference of a God box a lot in, uh, different recovery circles. Yeah. And, and I think it can be really helpful, but I think, um, I kind of agree with you the way that she kind of did this particular exercise. So let me just, let me just read the first one and then we can have a conversation on it. It's like turning something over to your higher power can seem abstract. A God box or a God can provides a concrete way of turning something over. Find a shoe box, a jewelry box, a coffee can, or a similar container. Even an envelope will work. Decorate it if you like, or label it. And then Let's see, you can also, let's see, let's talk about this here. Write a description or pattern on a piece of paper and put it in your God box of like descriptions of behavioral patterns that you want to um, have removed and put it- Like in, road rage. Like road rage would be an excellent one. And I've got it written here on the, on the notebook. Um, i gonna work on that uh, probably next week though. Let's see. So yeah, and so it's just kind of like, And I, I mean, I kind of get this in a way of like my burn book journal that I created. It's, it's a way that I kind of write out those negative feelings when I'm really struggling with self-doubt, self-hate, you know, those types of, of feelings. And I write those out. And for me, that is a a way of release. And I think that's kind of how they're looking at the God box, like write it out, stick it in the God box and let it go. Yeah. I wish I could sing. I would do that but um, okay well oh,
1: we're we're so doing karaoke in boston <laughs> <laughs>
0: remember you asked uh, for it
1: uh i did i did um yeah i mean i conceptually i get this and i actually have a strong appreciation for making it concrete um for me i want to look back on some of this i want to reflect on it i want to actively engage in a dialogue with my version of a higher power and somehow for me this god box thing feels um how do i put this into words um a bit like here you go you take it it's all yours and i see my relationship with my higher power is a little bit different and she she actually talks about it later, um, this harmony melody thing that we're working together. I'm following God's lead, you know? And so something for me just with the, with the actual box, it's like, I'm just going to throw that in there and you got it. And I believe God's got it, but I believe I also am required to participate and take some action beyond just saying, I want to be done being angry. And so I do like to have the ability to look back on things. And um, I love the burn book for that reason too. There are some things like negative thoughts, specific negative thoughts that I want to burn. Like I want to yeah. be done with those thoughts. They're out of my head. I want a physical release of some sort, crumpled up in the trash. Like those those
0: feelings of like, you're not worthy. Like I don't want to yeah. feel those feelings because I am worthy. I know of- done some things, but I am worthy of the hope and healing that recovery brings. And so, yeah, I, I very much agree. Yeah. So that's, that's
1: the thing with this exercise that I, somehow it doesn't feel right for me to just put something in a box or an envelope and be like, here we go. (laughs) Cause I, I believe I, um, I need to do something with
0: God think work together and that's, I think working on them in that kind of essence or that kind of emotional capacity, like that's, that's going to kind of re like, for me, it's like reinforcing it, you know, and, and really kind of, um, taking it on. Yeah. And, you know, with the help, it's like, you're not carrying it on your own. Right. Right. And And whatever your higher power is, you know, whether it's, it's, um, I like, there's a lady in our, in our group who called it, um, the term Gus, Mm -hmm. which is God universe source. Yep. And I don't know, that's really just kind of stuck with me since she said that. And, um, I kind of just like the all encompassing of it for me personally. Um, I like, you know, I like the thought of just the universe and the energy and how it's just really opened up for me in recovery. And so I kind of like that. I have this kind of universal energy around me
1: that mm-hmm. it just,
0: it just like adds to my strength a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, not a little bit, a lot, I a feel. lot. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's just like connection and like, like it just feels so connected. Um,
1: I feel so. that way with nature too. We don't want to oh, add yeah. the N in there though. Cause it might be like guns.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, no, we'll just leave it. We'll just leave it at Gus for now. Gus. Yeah. um, And I I just do want to credit the woman that said it in recovery without sharing her name, obviously, but I didn't want to take credit for that. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the next, the next part of this and it's humility. Uh, Mm -hmm. Humility also means I recognize a spiritual source greater than myself. And I absolutely 100%. Um, I think that's one of the the feelings I recognize most in early recovery is humility because you really have to become humble. Um, You know, when you're, when you're, I hate the thought of having to become humble to ask for help, but you have to get out of your own way. And by doing so, you, it's humbling to have to say, I'm struggling. I'm, not the person you, you thought I was, I'm, you know, I've got all this stuff going on and I haven't told you about it. I mean, that's an extremely humbling, vulnerable experience. Um, and so that's, that is a huge piece to letting our shortcomings go is for me, humility is, is getting out of the definition of humility is getting out of my own way. And that's, that's doing what needs to be done. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There is a, in this section that she has in the book itself, um, that section on humility, not humiliation that you highlighted as a point that you liked. I think that's, that's one of the, the things that stands out. I don't think that it's one of the things that stands out. One of the things that stands out for me is the way that it's phrased here that, It's a clear headed perspective that doesn't minimize or avoid the facts with humility. We're able to say, this is what I did and it's done. And I, um, I really appreciate that part of it because it is this vulnerability at the same time that almost, um, invites us to become more self accepting instead of critical. And in our addiction, we're not humble, we're hiding, and we are humiliated. We're humiliated inside, we're feeling humiliated all the time, so much so that we won't even show the world who we are. Yeah. And so I, I see this type of humility as really being critical to, to be able to move forward towards change. Um Facing the, the facts squarely and then saying, yeah, I did that and I'm, I'm done doing that now.
0: Yeah. And I think too, it's not, it's not just being humble in the very beginning when you have all this truth that you need to lay out. It's, right. it's being humble in those, those valleys that we talked about and, you know, that very thought of like, and I, I remember experiencing these valleys and I, and I've talked to people who are currently experiencing the valley and it's like when i say that you just think you go back to this thing where i can handle my own issues or i can work through this and and you know working through it is a, is how how we build those skills to work through that. you know there are times where we really need to try and work through it on our own but then there's those times where it's okay to humbly ask for help and say I'm really struggling here and that was the difference that was the difference for me that's what helped me get out of those valleys is when i would reach out and be like i'm really struggling here i don't know why i don't know why and when you when you ask for that help and you talk to somebody and you say this is what i'm going through you know you take away that pride i guess can be a shortcoming right pride is a shortcoming you take away that pride of like i can fix this on my own and you let somebody else in, and they can really kind of help transition you into a different mindset, a different way of working through what you're going through. Yes, yeah. The uh, there's another um,
1: section in the book that talks about this um, this will. You know that that if we don't have that humility. We could be walking into this stop really believing that we can will ourselves to change, that we can do it all by ourselves, that if we try hard enough, we'll rid ourselves of the destructive pattern and traits that we want to give up. And as she states, the truth is we can't force ourselves to change any more than we could force ourselves to stop, in our cases, gambling or relying on human beings to be a source of validation in our lives. Because if it were a matter of willpower, we probably would have changed
0: a long time ago. Very much so. Um, That's that's a great point. Uh, I think my personal opinion is like, I had a lot of willpower when it came to gambling. Like I would do whatever I could to gamble. To gamble. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, to gamble. But when it came to like, it's like, what's that formula that like turns it around and gives you the willpower to find recovery and change your life and somehow I did it I just don't have the magic formula for it but somehow I was able to kind of turn that willpower around and like really focus on on recovery um but here she says also you know like I was just describing that feeling of like asking for help right Mm -hmm. humbling yourself asking for help and she says what feelings do you have when you think about taking the action that you just described so taking that action of like humbling yourself. Um, and the way that they kind of did an example is exactly how I would express it. Like, it's scary to get yourself to that point. It's scary to humble yourself and be vulnerable and say, look, I'm struggling, but it's also, there's also a sense of pride mixed in with that. Like not the bad kind of pride that we're trying to leave behind, but the pride in the fact that we're making progress in our life. We're starting to own own these shortcomings you know like are starting to kind of overcome I guess that's the right. word these shortcomings and there's there's a lot of like good feeling in that like that's how you kind of know like you're working through some of the hardest stuff is because it's a mix of fear and gratefulness and even a sense of the good kind of pride you know that you take in yourself not in the I can't humble myself pride. You know, there's two different kinds.
1: It's fascinating to think. And and humility, it can sometimes be bad, right? Almost like you're putting yourselves, to talk about this in in here too, like you're putting yourself beneath everybody else. Like that's not the kind of humility we're talking about. We're not saying you're less than anyone. We're saying it's a humble action that you're taking. And I think this Piece about the action is what I was talking about. So with this writing part of the workbook, I'm like, ah, I don't love this, but Ooh, I kind of like this. And I think this is often how I experience step work, right? Like this doesn't hit and this does. And I think that's been one of the key things to staying in recovery for me is recognizing like, not everything is going to hit, right? Not everything is going to work for me. And that, I'm committed to figuring out what is going to work for me. If I can keep that commitment, then I'm going to continue on this path of recovery versus rejecting outright and being like, well, this workbook sucks
0: now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's accepting that there's good and bad mixed in it or not necessarily I, good or bad, just what yeah. works for us and what doesn't. And that's, right. that's recovery in general. Yeah, it's- And so, yeah, it's just like you said, some stuff is going to hit, some stuff isn't, and you just keep working with the stuff that's connecting right? and you keep building around that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't
1: want to do a God box. I'm not going to do one and that's okay.
0: It is. It is. And if you need to find another resource to help you kind of, uh, I guess, explore and find those shortcomings, like some of them are are obvious, you know, um, to ourselves, but like the road rage, like- (laughs) Eh, it was kind of obvious, but kind of denial kind of thing. Yeah, Kind of, kind of like something, you know, that it, you know, there's just so many things and it's just like, that's why it's so important coming back and <laughs> sorry, the, yeah, the cat tail is killing me. Um, but yeah, just coming back and, and reworking those steps and re-acknowledging those things and, and the more self-awareness you build each time. Yeah. It really can.
1: Hopping back to your step four.
0: Right, right.
1: And taking a peek at what are the themes there. And one of the things that I never would have considered myself before entering recovery and now see so much evidence that it was one of the underlying emotions I wasn't allowing myself to feel or acknowledge, the jealousy. Mm. That was a big one for me that I didn't even realize- I didn't even realize how much jealousy was driving some of my codependent patterns and also probably my gambling, right? Jealousy was underneath some of the anger. Jealousy was underneath some of the fear. Jealousy was underneath several things for me. And like wishing my life was like somebody else's in the world instead of loving my life as it was. And that showed up in my step four, a lot of the shortcomings I continue to ask my higher power for help with are from my step four work.
0: Yeah, very, very true. That's, that's exactly where a lot of mine came from too, you know, some of that. And then I'll just add more, you know, as, as I've, I'm coming to recognize them. Yeah. And, you know, I think my biggest one is always going to be control. Um, not, I'm not a controlling person as far as like other people. Well, yeah, I am. Dang. <laughs>
1: people, places, and
0: things. Yeah. Like. Man. The things we will never control. <laughs> exactly. The things yeah. that are constantly trying to control. Um, but I think that's something that I'm, I'm continuously aware of. And if I'm not aware of it, I'm thankful to have the people around me that are kind of like, mm, do you think you're controlling there a little bit? And I'm like, no. Okay. You know, like, yeah, maybe. And it's, you know, it's just kind of recognizing Recognizing that. And it's kind of you kind of have to take on this humble attitude too of like when somebody holds you accountable. Oh yeah. Like you kind of have to like go to that and be and accept it and not be angry about it and be like, What are you, you know, you're calling me out on this. Yeah. I struggled with this in the beginning, you know, but now I'm just like, you're right. Because I know that the people I have in my life that would call me out on behaviors or shortcomings, I know that they love me. And then it's coming from a place of like, I want you, I want to help you work through this. Yeah. I, the same thing like with my sponsors, I am so fortunate to have such a
1: patient sponsor. I'm in, and friends and sisters in recovery too, but there are things that I've, you know, brought to her like three, four, five, six, seven
0: times. It's just like, so where are we at with this? (laughs) Are we still, are we still here on step three with this or are you ready for
1: step seven here?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately that's probably going to be you with me for the next, be like, okay, so this is the eighth time we talked about it this week. Uh, let's see. <laughs> what can we and, do to move forward?
1: Oh, there's no ticker, right? There's right. no tracking. And I think that's, I think the power of Sisters in Recovery, working with Sisters in Recovery is like, oh yeah, like we know the change is coming. We know it's coming when it's supposed to. We fully believe that What's meant to you is coming, like we can start to model that for one another. She's modeled that for me, enabling me to, to be able to do the same with and for other people.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's really is the beautiful thing about being around people who, who are living recovery with you. And, and the, and just like being able to say, like even now, you know, pe- new people I see coming in and what they're going through, it's like, I know exactly how you feel. I was there, and it's it is so hard to tell somebody it does get better um because it doesn't feel like that, and not in moment. that moment it doesn't, and so I don't know if it's helpful sometimes I think it is helpful just to, to to tell somebody I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but it will get better every day will get just just an ounce better, and it will add up and sometimes you know but it's it's just very much of where they're at and what they can yeah not up to us right what they can can soak soak up at the moment and everybody's so different too you know right. when they come in and different states, right. so. all right do we have any last minute thoughts on step seven um I don't know let
1: me let me take a let me take a peek just with something real quick yeah one last thought okay it's the last page oh <laughs> Um, that as we're looking at our shortcomings, like we don't want to forget to look at the, the things that are good about that very same thing. So like you were pointing out with pride, like pride can be good and bad. Like, so if I'm engaging in a prideful thing, is it something that's worthy of pride? And should I be proud of myself for this thing? And, um, you know, not not all feelings are bad there are times that we want to be sad and we want to be angry and those feelings are valid and justified and so i think we we get an opportunity in this last page of the workbook on this step we're invited to really think about what's good what's the strength of that shortcoming and I found it helpful in my own recovery, not only to look at the strength of the shortcoming, but also like, how did it serve me? Like, did it at some point protect me? Did it at some point help me feel safe in a certain situation? Um, So much more so with codependency than gambling, that if I can look at like a people-pleasing pattern and I can go, oh yeah, actually... People pleasing in an alcoholic household where somebody might rage at me was very protectionary and kept me safe. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And just kind of understanding the differences in those behaviors and and the reason behind them. Yeah. Can be very helpful. Yeah. And And I think that helps you to understand too what, you know, like understanding that it's not a healthy thing to have to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, very much. So, and then of course my last
1: thought, how about you? You got a last thought?
0: I guess we'll just, we'll just bring it home with gratitude, right? Is that, I mean, that kind of ties into what we were saying about, totally about the good and the bad, you know, um, being grateful for, you know, the, the experiences, even, even when, you know, like, I guess I'm starting to, to realize that every situation is kind of a lesson and kind of an opportunity to grow and, um, heal and those types of things. And, and so for me, kind of looking at those shortcomings and, and just looking at that as an opportunity to, to grow as a person and grow past those. Um, so I'm great. I'm grateful for those, those opportunities. I'm grateful for where I am today that I can look at it like that. I guess that's really one yeah. of my gratefulnesses is, yeah. is that I can have a conversation like this and not be so hard on myself and, or the fact that I have these shortcomings or, you know, that I'm struggling with letting go of these shortcomings, yes. um, that I can just kind of understand them, be more aware of them and use them as, as like a growing tool.
1: I love it. Yeah, the gratitude, I mean, we talk a lot about gratitude in recovery. <laughs> um, yeah, we do. And it's, I think because when, it's so important. Folk, yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in what we don't have and what we didn't do right and what we wish was different in our lives and and forget that we're lucky
0: to even be on this side of the dirt. Right. Very much so. Like, uh, very fortunate to be in the position, um, that the, the position of recovery and, and, you know, just, yeah, very much so. Throwing and healing. Yeah. Well, thank you as always, my friend, for doing this with me. Thank you so much, my friend, for doing this with me too. (laughs)
1: Thanks everybody for being here with us.